Another week of Ghost in the Scene with your host Gio and my co-host Rob, the only certified ghost-friendly podcast, Audio Sage. Uh, how are you doing, Rob? You know, guys, I actually have a bone to pick. Um, I woke up this morning and I found that I have somehow teleported into the future um, an hour later than usual. And that's because we are still in the grips of this phony scenario where we are making fake time trying to stretch daylight um and so i got a real bone to pick with benjamin franklin today to be honest for forcing this upon us this the so-called daylight savings time if that's what you want to call it and then for for our listeners yes those are air quotes those are ghost quotes you just heard air quotes um daylight savings time is an archaic ghost hating tradition that we should throw away in the garbage and the fact that he i mean okay it is very cool that we get to travel in time you know forwards and backwards uh twice yeah. a year that's very cool that he invented time travel but ben you you gotta you gotta think about the ghosts now that you you know he did this while he was alive so he probably didn't have the same um understanding of what a ghost is and so he just blanket prejudice against all of these ghosts. You take away their nighttime, right? You take away an hour of, of the darkness, and they can't go and, and, you know, walk around freely anymore. And then where are they going to go? They're going to come over to the daylight, and they're going to start haunting us some more. So, Ben, come on. Like, we don't need this friction anymore. Um, and the fact that, you know, this is not something that the people want. They've Congress tried to pass this in the past in, you know, 1919, you know, something that sounds kind of spooky, but not completely. And guess what? The people spoke up and they, and they said, you know what, that's, that's, we're not going to ha- mess with this until 1966 people. Oh my God. They enact daylight savings time in the uniform time act. So, uh, yeah. Real bone to pick with the Congress of 1960. If bone to pick with Bench and Franklin, I am furious with Congress mm-hmm. of 1966 for forcing us af- against our will on this terrible practice. That's right. That's why we're starting an all year campaign. We are going to get back all of the members of Congress that are still with us from 1966. We are going to hound them, you know, knock on their doors. You know, call, uh, flood their inboxes with with phone uh, phone calls and you know uh, strongly worded emails. All that kind of stuff is going to help us, hopefully, um, bring shame to them, and, and they could go back and possibly revote. You know, I mean, if if we could go back an hour, in, you know, in time, what's to say that we can't go back to 1966 and stop them from voting yes on this bill? So, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that we can do that. But I'm saying with the help of our listeners, there is a very good chance that we could get to some of these people and they could travel back in time for us. Because, I mean, 
we're not Congress. We don't know what kind of time machines or time loops or holes that they have. But, I mean, you have to assume that they're probably in the future, in the past, in, you know, Europe, in heaven and hell. They're all over the place because they have to, you know, get votes. They have to court ghosts. It, it is um, nothing but a, a terrifying experience to be in Congress, and that's why they get paid so much. So, uh, of course, we have to give it to them and, and tell them that they have to fix this because we don't have the ability to fix it. So um, we're looking at you, Congress, and hopefully you can right this wrong because it is unfair to the ghosts and it's unfair to the people because we're the ones that look like we're prejudiced against ghosts. And because if not, we'd be breaking the law. And we're not lawbreakers here on Ghost in the Scene. <clears throat> so that's kind of a little bit of the current events. But we still have something um, that we have to attest to, something we have to apologize for. The Caspers is still uh, heavy in our hearts, and it's not a distant memory. It just happened. I'm still facing all of the repercussions of it, all, all of the ghosts, all of the people being haunted by ghosts. Uh, it's it's a, a toxic uh, event that, that we let out in the world. So there's a couple more movies that we have to call out because uh, Sherlock Gnomes wasn't enough. And this is what we like to call, folks, this is our Casper autopsy. Spooky music. Oh my god, that's so spooky. <clears throat> so this autopsy, um, we already took out a lot of the vital organs, right? The heart, we, we removed and we examined. We weighed it and we checked and saw that it was a black heart full of pirates and gnomes and detectives, Sherlock gnomes. And that's all good. And, and I'm glad that we were able to excise that demon, right? Because that was the biggest one in the room. Mm -hmm. But in its space, we've seen a couple of bugs and creepy crawlies in, in the autopsy. And we're going to have to pick these out with a fine-tooth comb. And um, I, I think we should start with our main trilogy, right? I, I, I talked about this. I, this was my mistake. I brought in a, a movie from the past. I, I said The Hangover 3 deserved an award, a Casper. And I mean, I, I believed at the time that it did because I didn't realize who was behind it, right? I mean, obviously Bradley, um, Bradley Cooper was in it, but I, I kind of just pushed him to the side and I shouldn't have. And so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and just start with Hereditary and The Hangover and how it's the part of a, it's a sequel, right? I, I had said it's a spiritual sequel. In reality, it is an interconnected web of ghost aficionados, of, of people who are working together um, in order to resurrect some someone. I'm not exactly sure, so that's what we're going to find out. So for those of you who don't know the Hangover movies, it's a movie about Las Vegas and the debauchery of um, having, I think it was like a bachelor party or something like that, and then one guy gets lost, he's on the roof, you know, they can't find him, and... I mean, they have no memory of the night before. So who's to say, you know, this, the, it, to me it sounds like they've had a haunted experience. The whole film is about memories that are now lost. Mm -hmm. And then you know, possession. Ghosts of themselves. And possession, exactly. They are, they've been possessed by their bodies to go on this adventure. 
like against their mind. It sounds like there's some sort of they've been controlled by someone else of us. And are and, these their true actions or is this like the will of someone else? It's like when you wake up and somebody told you that you murdered somebody and you don't remember murdering anybody. And then you have to go back and retrace all the steps. And then throughout the, the night, you realize, oh, I actually did murder somebody. And, and it becomes a fun adventure or something. You know, like th these movies, it's not like they're sad or sorry about anything. You know, like e even when they find out how drunk they were and how, you know, they were, you know, pissing and they kidnapped somebody. And remember how, how they kidnapped uh, Ken, uh, Dr. Ken? Mm -hmm. uh, and he was all naked, and, and he attacks him out in the desert. Now, they straight up kidnap somebody. That is a felony, right? They're not from Las Vegas. Possibly transporting him across state lines, a federal right. crime. I mean, did you see them have any remorse? Did you see them, you know, uh, say sorry or anything like that? Uh, they kind of laughed it off, and they kind of went about their day. So it's like, these people... They intentionally, maybe maybe intentionally, but they got possessed, but they weren't sorry about it. it. It was almost like they were celebrating possession and celebrating lost time. And that that's why I want to apologize for putting this movie as a nominee for the Caspers. It should not have been nominated because this is a movie that celebrates possession and, and not in a good way because there's no, there's no remorse. And Hereditary is actually the sequel to this because what is Hereditary about if not ghosts and hauntings and possession, right? And the idea of witches and a coven and everything kind of being predestined, right? And everything being part of a ritual. And these are just the kind of like motifs of the movies that we're talking about. And let's get into the actors and the directors. So, right. I think it's important to see the sort of narrative that is being put onto screen. But, you know, these are just clues. These, you know, these stories aren't being come out of nowhere. They're being created by people who have purpose. And stories have really great power as well. So you have to also consider, you know, what are these people who are making these stories? What do they want to do with this power? Um, and... The more you we we look into it, I think the more it reveals. So we have the director of the Hangover movies, all three, the trilogy, Todd Phillips, and Todd Phillips um, starts making movies, and he hasn't stopped since. And he's making a movie currently called The Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix, and that's about a clown. And I'm not really sure if it's going to be a comedy or not, but um, it, it seems like it's probably going to be, it's about a, a clown. It's probably pretty funny. I would hope that there'd be some jokes. Yeah. If there's no jokes in this a few, movie. A few good jokes. Yeah. I don't understand why he's doing it. So. I, he's is, a comedian. I mean, that's his field. So, I mean, that's obviously the, his genre. So I would imagine that this is probably going to be the funniest Joker that there yeah. ever was. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I just want to kind of tell you a quick story about Todd Phillips's career because uh, I think you need to understand kind of his first big failure in order to understand his first big success. Okay. So in 2007, 2008, he was attached to a movie 
called The Promotion. Um, and this is a movie that had Tony Collette attached to it, that had Robert Downey Jr., that had Vince Vaughn. Um, all kinds of people were attached to this movie. And for uh, a couple of years, it seemed like everything was on track. And then uh, 2008 hits. And of course, um, something who knows what happens, but Todd and Tony, they are taken from, from this movie. They, they're not in this movie anymore, and neither is Vince Vaughn. Pretty much the entire cast is recast. They gave up on this movie, and somebody else picked it up. And um, this movie, it's called The Promotion, and it came out in 2008. But all of these uh, events leading up to 2008, right, this giant failure, all of these um, kind of people that were involved and then they were taken out, right? In, I don't know what happened or what, what transpired during the, the early filming pre-production of this movie. But what happened later is that Todd Phillips, the next year, makes his breakout movie, The Hangover Part 1, with Bradley Cooper. And that starts his meteoric rise to the top. And so now, okay, so he's never worked with Tony Collette in a movie, right? But Other than that one failed instance. Like exactly. He tried. They tried. And they worked together, right? But they didn't get to actually be in a movie. And I believe that this was the inception of Todd Phillips's, like, you know, wolf pack. His, his crew of people that he chooses to, you know, um, go and, and act for him and play in his stories, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, stories are spells and movies are spells. So he's choosing, like, totems. Actors are like totems that are able to kind of imbue their magic with your words and make it more powerful. So he sees how talented Tony is. And, of course, throughout all the Hangover movies, sees how talented Bradley and Zach Galifianakis is and all these other people. And kind of, you know, marks it down in his head. Okay. They're very spiritually gifted. And so now we have a web, you know, springing from Todd Phillips into The Hangover, but also into the, the movies of Tony Collette because they have this, this kind of foundational formative time in the promotion to work together and to kind of work on their spells. So because they didn't work together for so many years, they have all this time gestating getting it perfectly right. And that's why Hereditary is so spiritually charged with seances, with witches, with ritual murder, right? People floating in midair, getting possessed, smashing their nose, nosebleeds. I mean, this is classic, you know, Hollywood haunting stuff that we haven't seen in a very long time and in this magnitude. And it's all because Tony Collette and Todd Phillips weren't able to make the promotion in 2007 and it just shows you like what happens when you get an angry ghost as well and i think that's you know something that is a ghost that has been put off you know, right a ghost that never came to be that frustration uh so to see it to come back with so much power especially to be able to break into the caspers as well because uh, as you know, you know, as disastrous as the event was, I think what's important to remember is that these are powerful forces that we're working with. And, you know, 
not to say that we didn't take any precautions. Uh, we had our the top notch of our crew here, uh, but we were still breached. So mm -hmm. this shows that you know this, these are not small players here. These are players looking for a lot of power, uh, who have a lot of power and want more. Um, so this is something to be careful about. And I think this kind of leads us into our third kind of topic for the day, uh, for, the, for the autopsy, mm -hmm. our third body, if you will, mm -hmm. um, would be the sequel to the uh, reboot or resurrection, if you will, of a trilogy, mm -hmm. you know, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Here we go. So this is already the <clears throat> second film, new film of a, based off of a trilogy. So you're already mm -hmm. having your twos and threes starting to line up. Uh, you know, it was released on June 22nd, 622 is 2018. I mean, you know, this is still number two. I'm assuming they'll probably make a third one to complete mm -hmm. the double trilogy. Um, and when that happens too, so this is what I'm saying, you know, th there's a lot of spiritual energy already in this film, but it's also only a launching pad for the complete chaos that will be the third Jurassic World film. Exactly. And uh, of course, we talked about the idea of ghost research and how they researched all of the dinosaurs. And I don't want to knock the researchers. I, I feel like they did do a good job of, of depicting the ghost uh, dinosaurs. Wonderful. Yeah, I believed and, it. I was but, yeah, but the problem is we didn't look at the actors, right? We didn't look at the actual cast members to see if what we were showing them was a true, honest, ghost-friendly movie. And it, it's, it was not because we have people like Chris Pratt and uh, people like Bryce Dallas Howard who are flexing their, their acting muscles. But in doing so, they kind of um, make the ghosts take a back seat. Right. And of course, there's nothing that an angry ghost wants to do more than mess with, you know, the winners of of a, a award, you know, a category. So the jealousy of some of those dinosaurs, uh, I, I could imagine, you know, most dinosaurs, if you see them, you know, on in movies, they're the color green, green with envy. You, you would think, you know, the, the people who designed them. Um, and who, you know, colored them in because obviously, you know, th these are uh, beautiful uh, animals, creatures that once lived on this planet, right? And the ghosts, they, they probably want to show off their good side. And yet they are always shown as being green uh -huh. because they're so jealous of all the actors. I, I think that the thing which I they're never going to do, but I want I, I want them to do it because this will really um, honor and, and hopefully make the trilogy complete, take out all the human actors in those movies. It, it's called Jurassic Park, not Jurassic People, mm. right? Right. It's called Jurassic World, not Jurassic World full of people. So take out the people and keep the Jurassic, you know? Keep keep the, the ghosts or dinosaurs in the movie and kick out Chris Pratt, kick out Bryce Dallas Howard, who needs him. You know, that's a really beautiful thought, Gio. And I think if we could petition, you know, the producers of the film to make a dinosaur only as their final film, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a beautiful gesture. That is an olive, olive branch to the, you know, to the ghost world, to the spiritual world. And mm-hmm. I think it would just do us all the best. I think it would be the best way to make, it would be a great way to make the situation right. And so Jurassic World 3, all dinos. Hashtag Jurassic World 3, all dinos. We want everybody to, to campaign for this because they're probably in pre-production right now. And we, we could get them to move the needle on this and at least take out a, a dozen actors that they have lined up, right? If there's only Chris Pratt up there, then we might have a, a better chance of them outshining him. And we might get some more colorful dinosaurs. And so, Steven Spielberg, I'm looking at you, all right? This, mm-hmm. this is your baby. This is your egg, you know? Mm-hmm. You are you're the guy in the beginning, of the first film with the beard and the cane you're you're the one who created this whole park this is your baby Mm -hmm. this is your hatchling all right steven so help help us out if you can we understand that you know you haven't been involved in the project for some time but this is you know this will only work if we do it together Mm -hmm. so dinos only and i we know that we you did it for the dinos to begin with steven i know we know where your heart was, but let's let's make it right this time. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really talked about Spielberg much, but I mean, he is truly a paranormal expert, like on on the same tier as Dan Aykroyd. Maybe like he's probably like a step below Dan Aykroyd as far as being like a paranormal expert, because we've talked about Dan, Dan Aykroyd being like a, a legacy, right? Like he, his father and his father's father, he's a lineage of, of paranormal experts. Spielberg makes movies about aliens air quotes ghosts right he makes about dinosaurs ghosts i mean all over his his uh, filmography there's just ghosts everywhere and if he doesn't back the dinos that he created he is just letting his his dream become a nightmare and i i don't think he wants that and the world doesn't want that and so yeah, hopefully he can be pay attention for once and and maybe um, do something for his fans and and give us what we want. Give us more dinos, all dinos. And I want to see all sorts of dinos too. Like you know, these are naked dinos. I, there's fact dino. There's dinos with feathers as well. I want to see some feathery dinos. I want to see some dinos that are more representative of the ghosts of the dinos around us. Blue, uh, red, I mean, yeah. yellow. Why are they all green? Because they're jealous. And I don't want them to be all green anymore. Give them some color. So that's just our, our, our plea, right? But there's more to this movie than, than just us wanting all dinos. Um, we have people like Chris Pratt, who we didn't even mention, is a part of the Disney uh, Disneyverse. Right? He is in the Guardians of the Galaxy. He is like the Guardian of the Galaxy, right? Pretty and, much. I mean, he's a human man who is uh, in like the 80s or something, right? He uh, goes into the galaxy and becomes Star Lord. Star Lord. Like a god of the stars. Or something like that, or a Lord of the Stars. I don't. Well, you know how it is with those bureaucracies like Disney; they just have to make up a title for everybody, you know. Yeah, he's a Duke or something of a star. What star? You know, our star. I mean, who knows? Not my star. A star is born. Star Lord. They're making stars. 
They have Death Stars in Disney, you know? Oh, my God. Why is Disney so, like, involved with stars, the making of stars? They're, they're wishing upon them. Oh, my God. Even all the way back from Jiminy. Think about it this way. They are they're creating stars. They're, a star is born, right? They're creating stars. Then they have people that have dominion over the stars, star lords. When a star gets too mouthy, they got death stars, right? They are creating galaxies right now, creating stars and then creating planets that revolve around the stars. Planet Hollywood. And think, wow. And each of these universes ha are all with their own beings, spiritual beings as well. So think about it. These are universes full, you know, of ghosts. We're talking about ghosts here on Earth. This is an intergalactic empire. Mm -hmm. And Chris Pratt is a part of it. He is a cog in that giant machine. And they loaned him off to Spielberg and his, and his company to do paranormal research for uh, all of the dinosaurs. And yeah, and not only is, is he a part of that, but he is also a part of a giant power couple. The likes that the world has never seen before. We talked uh, a little bit about how the fact that power couples, um, you know, sometimes they they get together for a, for the reason of uh, kind of coalescing all their powers. Other times they um, separate to kind of divide their power evenly once they've gained enough power. And Chris Pratt has fallen into both of these. He marries another celebrity, um, Anna Ferris. They met on the set of a movie. So already this is written um, very poorly. I mean, not just any movie, but it's called Take Me Home Tonight. So it, obviously mm -hmm. they, it's, they fell right into the spell. Exactly. And this is a command. Take me home tonight. Right? So they, they, they meet on the set of this movie. And then a couple years later, after, you know, being, being together, they eloped. All right, July 9th, 2009, they go to Bali, Indonesia, and they get married. I mean, the movie could have just been called Marry Me Now. Mm-hmm. Marry Me in Indonesia right now is what it should have been, should have been called. And so Working think about title. it this way. 7-9-2009. Rob, when, when I told you this date, you were like a calculator. I the the numbers just started pinging off, and you're like you know, seven, nine, two zeros, right? Two nines, and then you even said, since Indonesia is under the equator, you have to look at it upside down. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's a six six six, guys. Right there, it's a six six six. They got married on six 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 in Indonesia. So, of course, it was not meant to be, right? They they were together for a, a good amount of years, but they separated uh, in 2017. And so, you think that's the end, right? That's the end of that, right? Sorry, but you're wrong. Because the next year, he is involved and now he is engaged to a fucking schwarzenegger now 
power couple, you you say? Uh, yes, that is a huge power couple. Catherine Schwarzenegger, the daughter of Arnold Arnie Schwarzenegger. And Maria Shriver, a product of another power couple. So just, you know, let that Whoa. soak in. Whoa. Wow. So people... I mean, who are also related to the Kennedy family. So people. My God. It's everything. And Chris Pratt is not only working with Disney, he's working with Spielberg, he's working, he was working on television, and we have in the Marvel Universe, the multiplicity of Chris's is insane. There's Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, Chris uh, Evans, right? These three Chris's, the trifecta of Chris's, they work together, they're not interchangeable, and yet they kind of are. Because we have Chris Hemsworth, and I'm, this is I'm making that connection, guys. Chris Hemsworth is going to be playing Hulk Hogan in the biopic. Oh, and who's directing it? Todd Phillips. Todd wow. Phillips is directing it, and it's and where's it going to be on Netflix? Okay, I, I didn't bring this up before, but Tony Collette, her latest movie, is on Netflix. And it is called the Velvet Buzzsaw, right? I mean, let's just quickly. I mean, Velvet Buzzsaw is basically about ghosts. It's basically about ghosts in the scene. They stole from us one more time, and I didn't want to talk about it because I was going to get too pissed. But let's just say it. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, he goes full butt. That's the only reason why you need to watch it. Any other reason, just turn it off because you're you've listened to us. So you know what the story is about. But since we're a podcast, we, you know, like you, you don't see our full butt. So go ahead and just go on YouTube and check out this, that single scene where Jake Gyllenhaal goes full butt. And everything else, skip. Because Tony Collette brings I mean, a very powerful ghost to that movie. And it's no surprise that it's on Netflix. And we should talk about Netflix because, in fact, I heard that Steven Spielberg was rallying trying to get Netflix out of the Oscars this year. That's right. Right? What does he know that we don't? You have to ask yourself, what does the paranormal expert, Supreme, know about Netflix that we don't? And I think what he knows is that they are careless with their ghosts. They don't, they don't have any filters. They don't have any screenings. They just let them go. They let them fly out. Of, of the streaming service as fast as possible, lightning speeds, and frankly, I, I don't think they care if, if people get hurt. You know, they have hauntings of hill houses, they have uh, punishers with skulls on their, you know, I mean, it's terrifying stuff that they have, and it's available for everybody to watch. You know, and they really came close this year. There was a lot of people thought that Oscar would choose Netflix to be there is partner for the best film. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he did not, but I think it shows that, you know, Oscar is warming up. So imagine the power too, once uh, such a powerful ghost, such as Oscar, you know, one of the original, the gatekeeper really of the ghost of Hollywood. Um, imagine that power with the amount of ghost influence from Netflix. Again, this is, we are headed for potential chaos if we don't do anything about it. 
Uh, and that's what is important to have researchers out there uh, to help you, help us, help everyone. You know, this is a process for us as well to find the truth and we deserve better content, really. You know, this is what we're going for. We're doing this because we want things to be better. That's right. And we're doing this also because we want to show that accountability matters, right? We, you, you make a mistake and you have to, you know, own up to it. It's, it's our responsibility to fix our mistakes. And this autopsy is, is really helping us kind of understand that as much as we made the mistake of, of trusting some movies and, and, you know, not doing the full kind of deep dive that we should have, that there were ghosts that had a malicious intent against some of the movies. And we, I, I didn't expect that. I did not expect that ghosts would be so angry to uh, the winners of, of some of the movies that they they cared enough about Ghosts in the Scene and, and our award show. And in, in, in a way, it, it kind of makes me proud to, to think that ghosts would interfere with us knowing that we're kind of on the right track, right? They wouldn't mess with us if they didn't think we were important, if they didn't think the results mattered. And so because of that, I think that we are on the right track and, and we're going to right every wrong. We're going to figure this all out. And at the end of the day, we know that we're doing the right thing. Ghosts are good. Some ghosts are bad, but we can't think about it that way anymore, right? The prejudice, uh, the daylight savings, all of this stuff, it's ingrained. A systemic prejudice towards ghosts that we're not going to stand for anymore. So as much as we want to blame ghosts for what happened at the Caspers, we have to understand why they did it, right? Because they were jealous of, of, of Chris Pratt. They were, they were angry at Tony Collette for working with Todd Phillips and not, you know, um, and then working hereditary and, and getting possessed and showing all of that. This is them kind of protecting their image. And we can't be angry at them for that. Because at the end of the day, that's all that they are, right? They can only be what we see them as. And if we see them all as evil, they are going to act accordingly. So we have to give them the benefit of the doubt and trust that some ghosts are just going to be, you know, regular people, regular nice ghosts. It's impossible to put in blanket statements on, on ghosts like that. And, you know, I, I'm sorry, I just feel so overwhelmed, spiritually overwhelmed right now, Gio, because that was, I feel like those were some very beautiful sentiments as Thank well. You. And we need to not tear each other down and not look at the ghosts as the problem, but try to, as you said, like understand like why we think of it that way and look at the gatekeepers, you know, Hollywood owns the ghosts pretty much and they get to tell all the ghost stories. Mm -hmm. So what does that do to us in the way that we feel about ghosts? Don't be angry about the way that we see, we feel about the ghosts. You know, look at the gatekeepers, look at the people that made us put us in this situation to begin with who created mm -hmm. this dynamic um, yeah. and yeah. are profiting from it as well. It's in their interest to keep us apart in fighting. Wow. Wow. Because they know with our powers together, you know, we can, there's no, there's no end to, to that sort of power. You know, if you think about the universe is full of ghosts, 
and all of their energies and not just ghosts but other beings spiritual beings and that combined power together is more than any of their at the end of the day parlor tricks can do with mm -hmm. uh, like a hollywood film you know at the end of the day is another parlor trick and so we have to understand that we have the power we have the power to change the world we have the power to change the narrative and to flip the script as they say flip the spell book and we're going to do that we're going to do that you know every week and hopefully this autopsy has shown you that as much as you know you want to um, accept ghosts and and be ghost friendly that there has to be a check you have to check the ghosts first you know because the blanket statement all ghosts are good all ghosts are bad both of those are wrong right mm -hmm. you can't just say all ghosts it's case by case you look at the ghost and if they're good they're good and if they're bad you can see it they're bad right so that's what we're going to do and that's what we are are, are going to hold everybody else accountable to because we are um the people that will call out the fakeness and, and and all the bad stuff in the world but there has to be somebody who is internally doing that to themselves too right you have to internally call out the bad stuff to yourself so we're going to hold everybody's feet to the fire steven spielberg tony collette chris pratt zach alfanakis real quick i even forgot to mention todd phillips produced a star is born he he's been working with bradley ever since the hangover this is like the Scorsese and Robert De Niro of of the you know the late 2010s. It's like the Scorsese and uh, Leo DiCaprio, or uh, uh, you know Al Pacino, and uh, and a Scorsese, or 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 a Scorsese and a Joe Pesci. Yeah, of the two, 2010s. So, guys, if you think that we're not going to notice. And if you think that we are going to take a break and take it easy on you, you got it all wrong. We're, we're going harder than ever. Even though we're ghost friendly now, it, 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 it makes us even more attack dogs when we see bad ghosts, because now we know the difference, right? Before we were just so general. We would just, oh, that's a ghost. Oh, that's bad. No. Now it's bad for a reason, because we, we, we can see why it's bad. And we're going to show it. And um, hopefully you, you will be with us on, on the ride to expose all of the evil ghosts in the world and lift up all of the good ghosts. Exactly. And I think that's a good, important thing uh, for us to start talking about more as well, because we need examples. Uh, you know, I think movements such as Old Dinosaurs, Jurassic World, Old Dinosaurs is a great mm -hmm. example. And I'm excited to see more stuff like that, even if that doesn't necessarily pan out, uh, you know, because there's a lot of moneyed interest. Are they really going to do that? But you um, know, maybe, we'll, we can make our own, you know? Right. If you want an old dinosaur Jurassic Park, what's stopping us? Let's do that. Let's, let's do it. In fact, guys, um, after this episode, um, go on our Instagram, ghost in the meme with an underscore in between all the words. And we will uh, we'll show you what a world with all dinosaurs will look like. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick cut, and you'll see just how peaceful all dinosaurs in Jurassic World would, would look like. So um, look forward to that. And also, 
Um, don't forget to shout out all of the Congress people from 1966 and make sure that they pay for, for that vote, right? And, and make sure they take back their vote against daylight savings time because we still have a chance to do that since time travel does exist, since day daylight savings time still exists. As long as daylight savings time exists, we can go back in time and change daylight savings time. And But once we take it back, then it's over. Time travel doesn't exist anymore. So we only have one shot to do this, guys. So let's get this right. Let's get all our spiritual snipers out there and, and take the shot, guys. Take the shot. So Representative John Conyers, uh, Michigan's 13th district, um, nonetheless, we're looking at you. Because I, I think you're the only one left who voted on this bill. So I think you need to reintroduce a new bill to get rid of daylight savings. I think that's the only way that you can go back in time, so to speak, is you need to introduce a new bill to get rid of it. So John Conyers, if, if you're listening to this, and you're, especially if you are in Michigan's 13th unlucky district, mm -hmm. um, break out. out. Call him out. Let's get we're, – we're done. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Uh, stay in the scene. Um, we had a great autopsy. Hopefully you guys understand that we're sorry for what we did, but it was necessary. And this is all a growing experience for all of us. And we will come back next year with the Caspers tenfold and 10 times more security enforced and stronger. And, you know, guys just stick with us, you know, because, um, we're truly the future of, of ghost friendly media. Stay in the scene, everyone. Uh, you know, we're going to have guests continuing to come on their show. Uh, we may have to speak to Rashid again to see, have his input as a part of this autopsy mm -hmm. um, and to hear more about his experience, especially when he disappeared at the end of the show. Uh, so stay in the scene for that. Stay in the scene for more interviews across this country. Stay in the scene with us. Let us know. Call us out on anything. Or if you see anything that is out in the world, even if you see anything that we're saying, uh, we want this conversation to keep going. It's mm -hmm. we recognize that this isn't always an easy conversation to have. It's actually a very difficult one, but that makes it even more important to have. And we're not always going to say the right thing, but we're always going to continue to have the conversation and grow with each other. Yes, that is so important to say because we're not perfect. Um, we make mistakes, and if if we need to get called out, we, we'll be happy to get called out. Just call us out because. We need to learn from from the people, from the people in the scene. And so thank you for listening, and we will see you guys next time. Take care.